All right, welcome to podcast number 10 of the Paranoid America podcast. I'm Russell Dowden, former publisher for Paranoid Magazine, Weird Magazine, and InfoWars Magazine. Not publishing paranormal at the moment, but that could change. <laughs> you just never know. Uh, but uh, happy to be doing the new Paranoid America shows. I've been dabbling with the Paranoid um, well, we used to publish Paranoid Magazine, but we've been doing paranormal uh, radio and shows, talk shows like this since 1999. That was when we got started uh, as a very young man back in the nine, late 90s as a, as a growing up as a huge fan of, of uh, talk radio legend Art Bell. Uh, but we've been doing this a long time, and uh, this is my 10th podcast of the new incarnation. Uh, we used to do weird radio and uh, uh, paratimes radio over the years, and uh, this is the we did the weird show a number of years. My guest was actually this week's guest was actually a guest on the weird show about 11 years ago, uh, believe it or not. Um, but tonight, going to be on a, um, the conversation with me is our friend Tim R. Schwartz. Uh, Tim's an Indiana native and award-winning television producer, a videographer, and a a superb author, and he's offered a number of popular books. I probably have 14 or 12 of the books that, that he's written. He's written so many, but he's written books like The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, uh, America's Strange and Supernatural History, UFO Repeaters and Time Travel, Time Travel Fact, Not Fiction, uh, Men of Mystery, Nikola Tesla, and many others. Uh, Tim Schwartz joining me this week on paranoid america how are you my friend tim it's good to see you and have you on the program hey russell thank you very <laughs> much for uh, having me on your show paranoid america and i just want to know who told you about me and how did you find me well i think that we have a mutual friend that uh, it got uh you became on my radar with your commander x journal uh that you used to do are you still doing that uh, the conspiracy journal. Conspiracy journal. Uh, yeah, um, uh, not as much as I probably. Do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, since Tim Beckley passed away, uh, a lot of that stuff fallen completely into my lap, and so I I don't quite have the luxury. Uh, that I used to, uh, uh, to be able to do this kind of stuff. Well, Tim Schwartz is a friend of ours, and I've known Tim for, I don't know, at least 15, 16 years, maybe longer. Tim, of course, w wrote and worked with the late, great Timothy Greenbeckley. Timothy would give me an interview in March, right when COVID got going in March of 2020. I had him on then The Weird Show. Uh, sadly, Tim passed a few months after that recording of that show. But what a powerhouse of paranormal. He was a, a legend in uh, not just publishing paranormal, but, I mean, he, he really started publishing right when he was like 16 years old, Tim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. I mean, he started out, you know, with a uh, like a little uh, a mimeograph machine, I think, is uh, what he had. Uh, from his uh, his basement there in New Brunswick, New Jersey. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that that was the day when uh, you know you could actually afford to uh, mail stuff like that out. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of uh, he was like the the Stan Lee of paranormal <laughs> in some ways. You know, Stan Lee came up with Marvel. I kind of just think of him as just a, a legend in the paranormal parapsychology. Uh, publishing business. I looked up to Tim when I started publishing. I would always mail my newest issue of Weird Magazine to Tim up in New York, just so I could share it with him. And you know, and and, and then he kind of grew fond of me and would send me all of the books that you and Sean Castile were working on. I probably literally have at least ten or twelve of those books from from Timothy Green Beckley that y'all have written. Oh God, is that all? It's that all. I know <laughs> at least ten. It may be more. But God, how many did y'all, how many do you think that you really, I was looking up our guest, Tim Schwartz. If you look him up on Amazon, as I have and today, I was looking up your books on just an image search of Tim Schwartz, enter Tim Schwartz books on Google image. And you will see about, <laughs> about a hundred books come up alone on Tim Schwartz's name. And many of them are tied to uh, Sean Castile as well as Timothy Green Beckley, but uh, uh, great stuff. Uh, I'm so good to have you on the show this week. I'm, I'm excited to talk about your new book. I appreciate you mailing me one. Sadly, the first one went to my old address, but, um, but no, this is great. Uh, uh, the mimics, 
the others among us, they've been called many names throughout time. Gods, angels, demons, the good folk, shapeshifters, extraterrestrials. They look human. They act human, but they're not human. They are the others, the mimics. The back of the book here, Mimics of Man. This is real exciting, and I kind of saw another show that you did, and you, I'll let you introduce how you came up with the name of this. And, and, and uh, it, uh, I happen to have the inspiration. I also happen to have this book, and I'll let you tell us how you got inspired to write Mimics. Sure. Well, uh, that book that you just held up there is called Our Haunted Planet by uh, John Keel. And um, I happened to, and this was many years ago, uh, back when you could actually buy paranormal paperback books at the drugstore, all right? And I ran across a book by John Keel called Our Haunted Planet. And um, that may have been, I don't even know if I even realized it was written by John Keel. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it wasn't until several years later that I realized that I had a number of books by him, you know, because I would just buy books, based mm -hmm. on, you know, the title and the description, didn't really look that much uh, who wrote it. But there's a chapter in that book uh, that uh, it's called Mimics of Man. And it's uh, the, the section that, that got me interested in the subject is really kind of small. Keel just kind of uses that as a jumping off point to mm -hmm. uh, other aspects of his book. Uh, but in that section... Keel speculates that there could be other intelligent beings that live on this planet with us that either look like us or can look like us. And he says that, you know, probably they're like hermits, live in big cities, don't really, you know, interact that much with other people. But, uh, you know, under just, you know, if you would walk by one on the street, you probably wouldn't notice any any difference about them. And it got me thinking, mm -hmm. and it, it has had, you know, it's, it's rolled around in the back of my head for a, a number of years uh, as I've got more and more involved with, you know, the whole world of the weird. And uh, uh, thinking... We're probably not alone on this planet. You know, <laughs> we, we have not. we have this conceit that we're the only intelligent species here. All right. But what if we're not? You know, mm -hmm. What if there are at least one, maybe other intelligent species that 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 live with us on this planet, either intermingling with us or keeping their distance from us, but come out uh, uh, when it suits them and they can be seen when it suits them. And that's really the jumping off point for mimics. And if, if you go and just do any kind of research on the subject of paranormal encounters, uh, uh, UFOs and aliens, the, the old, uh, uh, fairy lores, the old, uh, uh, stories contained within probably every religion that's on this planet they're full of these stories of people interacting with other intelligences that look like us, can intermingle with us, can be, you know, uh, 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 come out of nowhere and then disappear again. The old stories have them as teachers a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Things, you know, uh, 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 beings that would uh, either come from the sky or, or from underneath the earth to teach us about agriculture, mathematics, things like that. And it's a progression all throughout history with these kinds of close encounters. So that's, you know, that's mm -hmm. yeah. a long, long, yeah, kind of a long involved answer to that. <laughs> but, you know, that, that was kind of like the, the first genesis on this idea. Yeah, you know, my son the other, maybe two weeks ago, Tim, was driving in South Austin alongside Mopac, one of the expressways here, and he says he looked over to the right at night, about one in the morning, as he was driving by, and this dark figure looked at him, and he looked at it as he was driving by, and he said he made eye contact with what he called a Bigfoot-looking creature, and this was just mm. two weeks ago. 
Wow. So and 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 where they they're in Texas? They're in, in South Austin, not not far near the Barton Creek watershed, which is a, a, huh. a, a you know a natural happy, uh, uh, environmental zone that Austin has. It's a, an uninhabited area of Barton Creek. But uh, uh and ever since that happened, he's been like dad. What books do you have on Bigfoot? And <laughs> man, what do you know about Bigfoot? Uh, he knows I'm a big paranormal guy and all of this, but um, but just, just I just thought I'd share. Just even recently, my own son uh, had a, had an experience that really uh, kind of shook him to the core in the sense of just it spawned curiosity out of him. The, these this topic really just people really are in, inspired to look into this. Why are, why are we so curious about the mimics and the unknown, Tim? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of people want to know if there is more to this world, to this universe, mm -hmm. than what meets the eye. You know, I mean, uh, and and that's been a, a universal conceit with people right from the very beginning. I mean, you know, uh, why are we here? What's the reason that we're alive? Is there more than just getting up every day, going out and, you know, uh, 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 defending ourselves from the saber-toothed tigers in the bush, <laughs> trying to find something to eat, trying to find, you know, uh, a, a mate and have, and have children. Is there more to it than that? And, you know, I mean, we've, as a species, have been on this planet for, what, less than a million years. You know, the, the Homo sapiens, probably 100,000 years, but I mean, our earliest ancestors for less than a million, and not that much has changed. Our brains are still wired that way. So people want to know, are we alone? Mm -hmm. What is there? You know, uh, is, is, there, is there anything else to life? And when it comes to the paranormal and just, just this, the, the, the strange stuff that that happens to everybody at least once in their life. Uh, it, 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 it has a tendency to, to, to open your eyes and make you want to take a deeper look at our reality. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and, you know, I got on this path from a very young age. I, I think I was interested in ufology as a, you know, I was a Star Trek kid growing up in the 70s. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I think I was maybe seven years old, Tim, when I saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> but, I mean, that really got me going. And when I was young, Tim, there was a whole series of books in the my elementary school where you, you could get uh, – when I was in fourth grade here in Austin, Texas, you could get a book on the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, UFOs. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle. There was a whole series. And I wish I could. I knew who published those, but it might have been Time Life. But there was for kids, and it was all. Those were all the books that I got. I went through. Always picked those up as a kid. You know, uh, people are curious about these things that the ether. You know, the unknown. Uh, we all want to. We all have a, a a passion, and especially as a Scorpio, I have a passion for truth. And, mm -hmm. they, and and I'm always digging up things like that. That's just something that's in me. Have you heard about this recent week or two, in the last week or 10 days, I've been getting on my YouTube feed reports of this aliens in the Peruvian jungle. Have you been following this story? Uh, yeah, I have. What do you, uh, let me get your take on this. What do you, what do you, what do you think's going on there? There's been a weird stuff coming out of uh, South America media in uh, Peru. Mm -hmm. Well, the uh, uh, the story that I heard, and and this was a uh, like a native people in in this area, that uh, they said that uh, they were being harassed by these. I, I think they were. They said they were like tall beings with uh, 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 blue faces. Now, don't quote me on this because I, I I can't remember exactly the details. Uh, that were that could levitate. And were seen, you know, like, you know, hopping around their towns and harassing people. And, and one girl even was attacked by one. Mm -hmm. And I saw a picture that, you know, like, so she had like a cut on her neck where she said that, you know, where uh, one of these things had grabbed her, it had uh, 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 injured her in the process. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that there was uh, a story just uh, it was yesterday, maybe, or the day before 
where uh, like town officials said, well, we've solved the problem. You know, it's not aliens. Don't worry about it. Oh. They they said it was um, gold miners in the area, and and these weren't uh, um, um, like licensed gold miners. These were I can't remember what the term was, but you know they they uh, weren't supposed to be there uh, uh, mining gold. And as a as a joke, they were coming into town at night. Uh, wearing their, I guess, prospector mask or something. Okay, now get this, though. <laughs> they they said that they were able to levitate because they were using jetpacks. Okay, now, <laughs> who has jetpacks, all right? Nobody has jetpacks. Show me... The gold miners with jetpacks of Peru. Exactly. The, jet, exactly. the Peruvian gold miner jetpacks. Uh, gold miners. Yeah, that's that's a no. I know. Yeah. I, I did not hear the that that was the official st- cover story. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like a plot taken right out of a Scooby Doo cartoon. You know, you know, uh, we'll put on our jetpacks and go and you know scare these uh, these silly superstitious villagers. So I mean, the the answer. Is obviously just made up. So I think the mystery, whatever is going on there, still remains. You know, it could very well be, you know, illegal gold uh, uh, prospectors, you know, who who are having fun. But the levitating part, you know, <laughs> using jetpacks, no, yeah. nobody. Has, you know, if, if that's the case, I want jetpack. Where's my jetpack? <laughs> yeah, where's my jetpack? <laughs> I want one of these. I want to work for that gold company, gold mining company. No, but there's a there is a video out there of pe- villagers in in the Peruvian jungle that are. Uh, and I don't know if Carl will look that up, my producer, but but we were looking at this on our YouTube channel at home the other night, and and you can see people are very scared. They're looking up in a tree, you know, yelling and screaming and fright and terror. And uh, the the villagers, as you said, Tim, were describing a, vi- a, 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 a creature that was levitating uh, feet feet eight feet off the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, and this begs the question: if the people that were reporting this seven foot tall alien in the backyard in Las Vegas two months ago, I'm starting mm-hmm. to wonder, you know. Is there a connection there? What, any thoughts on that? Have you if you thought about put, connecting those together from Vegas and Peru? Oh well, you know, I mean the the uh, the whole aspect of like hyper tall, uh, uh, you know, aliens, and I'll put quotation marks around that because you know we don't know, if, you know what they are, aliens or not. Uh, I mean, that's uh, 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 we've heard that for for years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 when it when it comes to creatures seen associated with the UFO phenomena, I mean they run the full gambit from you know like the little tiny guys in in space suits to you know tall blonde haired uh, uh, blue eyed giants. So yeah, I mean you know hearing these and to me it's kind of nice though to hear these stories uh, because for so long we've heard nothing except the you know the 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 big black eyed uh, gray creatures right you know you know it seems like everything's been has been replaced with that so you know to to see some of these news stories coming out you know going back to you know the giants or something different mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it 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 gives me hope that the the phenomena hasn't just gone and stereotypicalized itself to just, you know, one set of, of, of alien creatures. Yeah. Well, you're right. We've known about the gray uh, species for many decades. That's been, uh, you, know, you know, really came to the forefront with uh, Betty and Barney Hill in 1960 or early 61, whenever that encounter occurred. Uh, you've covered certainly enough on this whole extraterrestrial stuff. I mean, there's probably half a dozen books just on extraterrestrials you've uh, co-authored. What did you make of the recent um, video that was on TikTok of the uh, a young lady departing on a flight from Dallas, Texas, gets up in the middle of the aisle and says she's leaving because that motherfucker isn't real. <laughs> have, you, have you seen this? I mean, surely you've gotten uh, this on your social media somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, there was just there was a story this week that uh, that identified her, you know, because all this time, and I've been wondering what was up with that because there uh, she yeah. had never been identified, you know, no name. But uh, finally, I guess somebody was able to 
track her down. And she was actually like a marketing consultant, uh, a, a very good marketing consultant, you know, lives in a very expensive uh, 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 home. Now I can't remember exactly where it was. Mm -hmm. But, okay, allegedly what had happened with her is that she was on the flight with family members and got into a fight with them for for some reason and when she was saying when she was talking about that you know the motherfucker back there is not real <laughs> she's talking about her family that she you know she oh. allegedly she's pissed off at her family oh huh. and she, and she wants off the flight well i guess that after she got off the flight she escorted off the flight mm -hmm. um she tried multiple times to get back on again and they they had to forcibly stop her from getting back on, and then and and finally um, she ended up being arrested um, outside the airport uh, waiting for her Uber. So oh wow! Yeah. But I start to say so that's 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 the story that has come out recently. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean you know it's. Uh, um, <laughs> It's it's an interesting story, and whether or not you know the current information is legitimate, or if it's kind of like the uh, uh, the, the miners, the yeah, the, the levitating, levitating miners, yeah, the miners, and <laughs> well, see, that's what they, you know, um, in the intelligence community, they say when something backfires on an intelligence, they call it blowback. But this is reverse blowback. This is, you know, yeah. cover this is covering their ass, you know, when they come right. up with the the false narrative or the fault the fake story to throw you off. And uh but she was very passionate about that. It was almost disturbing. I kind of wondered if she just had too much to drink at the airport before boarding the flight. But I know that I originally heard though that Tim that they deboarded that flight. I'm trying to think about early reports of that incident mm. stated that she got off the flight. I'm not going on there with y'all and I'm leaving. And then they deboarded that flight and changed planes. Yeah, they didn't change planes. I know that much. Okay. Uh, but, uh, uh, and, and they, they may have had everybody else get off as well, but you know, I'm not positive on that. There's, you know, there's been so many recent cases of, of people freaking out on planes and, and a lot of times that's what they'll do. You know, they'll be forced to, you know, if they're already in the air, they'll be forced to land and then make everybody get off, you know, they get back on again. But I think this case, she was the only one uh, that that had to get off. But it did delay the flight uh, by <laughs> at least at least an hour. So everybody was pretty honked <laughs> off at her, at her at this point. But, you know, I mean, I was thinking the same thing when this first happened, you know, when she was just like that, you know, that. That motherfucker back there is not not real. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't this happen when I was writing this book? <laughs> yeah, know? right. That would have really been a great a great piece for of advertising for you right there. But there's oh, other yeah. there's other cases of weird things happening on flights, not just that incident in Dallas. There have been international flights where there was weird incidents where people were getting, you know, strange ghost like Mimic types were on the plane, not saying anything. Have you have you seen or heard of any of these other weird flights in Malaysia or to the Bangladesh where they have? Uh, I've seen a few incidents. Comes on these weird videos, um, mm -hmm. you know, when they do a compilation of them. I've seen a few of those out there. I didn't know if you'd heard of those. Oh yeah, well you know, I mean, yeah, some of these some of these videos. I mean, you you really have to put your put your tongue you know uh, firmly in your cheek when you watch them, especially the ones from Malaysia and Thailand because they do. I mean, they've got a rich tradition already for these types of of creatures, these types of beings, and uh, uh, bringing them into the modern world is 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 a favorite subject. I mean, you'll see yeah. a lot of them. A lot of these videos where they're like uh, 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 ghost hunters, you know, like Malaysian ghost hunters, and it's very obvious that the the that the ghost that they're interacting with is somebody in a mask. Because I mean, you know, these ghost hunters will go up and like punch these things right in the face, <laughs> you know, and you can see like the mask <laughs> fly off and stuff. Uh, uh, but however. You know, when it comes to uh, strange occurrences on flights, I mean, yeah, that's that's something that 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 happens quite a bit. I mean, you know, think about it. These international flights, you know, you're stuck on a plane for over nine hours. So, you know, if anything is going to let its guard down, you know, that's going to be a good situation uh, to do it. 
Well, and, uh, well, let's ask my co-host Siegfried and Roy. What do they think? Uh, what, what do you guys think this is? Is this? We come in peace. We do not want to harm anyone. Okay, well, that's Siegfried and Roy right there. They they don't they're they're coming in peace, so they're they're not the problem. We know that. Our guest Tim uh, Schwartz is our guest. His new book is Mimics the Others Among Us, and we'll see if there's others among us throughout the rest of the show. Let's take a quick little commercial break, and we'll come back with my guest Tim R. Schwartz. Tim and I, no stranger to one another. He's written my other magazines before. I've got so many of his books that Tim Beckley sent me. I probably got at least 10, but we'll talk more with him and some more uh, paranormal as we continue our conversation here on Paranoid America. This is podcast number 10. We'll be back on the other side. Paranoid America, guys. America's financial future is in crisis, and food prices are on the rise. Be prepared. Guarantee your food independence at MyPatriotSupply.com. We've created custom emergency food plans that are affordable for your entire family. And while other companies hope you'll never taste their survival food, ours will taste just as delicious 25 years from now as it does tonight. Get the food you'll need before you need it. Freedom, self-reliance, true patriotism. The founding principles of MyPatriotSupply.com. You trust your home to keep your family safe, but there are many threats that don't stop at locked doors and brick walls. Your house isn't made to withstand uncertain dangers like natural disasters, home invasion, or social unrest. Rising S Bunkers are. They're the safest, longest-lasting, most dependable on the market. I'm Clyde Scott, owner of Rising S Bunkers. Made in the USA and installed with maximum confidentiality. Ensure your family's future at risingsbunkers.com. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Mike. Are you tired of the lies, conspiracies, and propaganda the deep state uses to program you? Does the thought of empirical corporate globalism make you paranoid? Then Paranoid America is your source for alternative news. Listen to Paranoid America weekly on the GCN Radio Network or wherever podcasts are available. Your filter for mainstream fake news and disinformation. Featuring world news, the paranormal, cover-ups, UFOs, Cosmic Disclosure, Secret Space Programs, and the parapolitical soup of today's global theater. If you aren't paranoid, you aren't listening. The Paranoid America Radio Show. Now, live from an underground bunker fortified with cheese whiz and crackers. The man dressed in black fatigues, wearing a tin hat made of aluminum foil. Your host, Mr. Paranoid, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to Paranoid America. This is podcast number 10 of our new show. I'm Russell Dowden. Used to publish Weird Magazine and Paranoid Magazine. Our website for the new podcast is just paranoidamerica.com. You can check us out there. We're also available on Instagram at uh, Paranoid America. Twitter, I believe, is Paranoid America with a K. 
Paranoid America with a K, I believe, is on my Twitter. And then if you, uh, Twitter X is my producer's Twitter X. Uh, but then we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So check us out on Paranoid America. That's kind of our, our weird magazine rebrand is of late. But my guest this week on my 10th show, our 10th incarnation of the new show, uh, Tim Schwartz, his articles have been published in magazines such as Mysteries, Fate, Strange, Atlantis Rising, uh, UFO Universe, Flying Salsa Review, Renaissance and Unsolved UFO Reports. And he even wrote for my old magazine, Weird Magazine, for many years as well, along with his colleague and writing partner, Sean Castile. So welcome, Tim, back to Paranoid America. How is Sean doing? Uh, Sean doesn't do the podcast stuff. He leaves that to you. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's uh, Sean, uh, 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 Sean is shy. <laughs> I know. I asked him to be on my show. I talked to him on uh, an email a few months ago when I was kicking this whole new show off, and he said, "Oh no, Russell, I don't. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't do those shows. You call Tim for that one." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, Tim Beckley and I managed to get him to come on um, really? our old show, exploring the bizarre one, <laughs> but but that was with we had a second guest on as well so sean you know didn't have to do you know as much <laughs> as you know being say like the singular guest on the show but uh, but you know for what uh, uh, uh sean lacks in being able to make you know personal appearances <laughs> right i mean he may he makes up for just being an excellent writer oh he is you know? incredible and i mean and you know what he was so good that i would use him years later we stopped doing weird uh, weird, I sold it to Alex Jones. Alex hired me to do InfoWars magazine for him, which I went on a, a bit of a two-year period doing that. After I did that, I did Paranoid, and I brought Sean back to write for Paranoid magazine. But he was so good, I realized I couldn't sell advertising a whole lot and get the support for Paranoid. But we started covering music, Tim, and I had Sean write for Rockstar magazine, which was my music magazine in Austin. And Sean would find ways to get a paycheck out of me for an article, but he would tie in some kind of rock and roll, Jimi Hendrix conspiracy or some kind of, uh, you know, t tying in John Lennon's UFO sighting to Jimi Hendrix's UFO experience in Hawaii, or, uh, you know, he just knew how to tie stuff in to, to get me to print it. And, and, um, I, I wish I could get him to write for my cannabis magazine, but he's going to have to turn some kind of paranormal of, uh, in, uh, with, with some cannabis or something for me to publish him. If anybody could find a way to do that, it'll be Sean. It sure would. <laughs> yeah, he, he'd be able to. And I should add, add also that Sean is a top-notch uh, proofreader. He does all the proofreading. He did all the proofreading for uh, uh, Tim's books. And, and now, as well as being a writer, he proofreads uh, our books. So I mean, you know, well, they, I could use it for the magazine for that occasionally too. Uh, that's yeah, also yeah. that's not a bad idea. I'd love to get get some work out of Sean and 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 just to get uh, uh, to work with him again because uh, he he is fantastic. And if you don't know who Sean Castile is, he has written for uh, just like Tim has written well any news magazine covering paranormal in the last thirty years probably. Uh, our guest Tim Schwartz, the new book mimics the others among us. Uh, we're talking uh, all things paranormal, maybe even a little cryptozoological. I might ask him a few things here about that. Um, let's see. I mentioned earlier. Oh, I mentioned Timothy Green Beckley. Tim, he took a, one of the first pictures of a Men in Black. Right? Isn't that what I remember, Tim? Uh, he, he published or became one of the first to pr print a Men in Black picture. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It, it was in uh, 1967, mm -hmm. and uh, it was him and uh, Jim Mosley right. who, uh, who who first published uh, Saucer News magazine. They were uh, they were actually going to uh, to visit another investigator who lived in Jersey City. Now, uh, this guy had uh, uh, was saying that. Um, he was being followed and harassed by uh, uh, odd individuals, you know, uh, uh, some of them being men in black. Others were just, you know, like uh, supposedly normally dressed people, but were obvious uh, uh, casing the joint where he lived. <laughs> so uh, when uh, uh, Beckley and Mosley drove over to see him as they were circling around in front of his apartment trying to find a place to park, which, I mean, you know, Jersey City, good luck with that. <laughs> even, even in 1967, right. they noticed a, a, a guy dressed entirely in black standing in the doorway across from um, uh, um, um, 
gosh, I think his last name was Robinson, the uh, the UFO investigator, uh, 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 watching his apartment. And so they they swung around again, and when they did, Beckley, they happened to have a camera, and Beckley snapped uh, a couple of pictures of this guy mm -hmm. standing in the doorway. And that was probably um, the first uh, 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 man in black uh, uh, a photograph ever taken. Of course, now, you know, Beckley says, who knows if it was a real man in black, whatever a real man in black is, uh, you know, he said it could have been, uh, you know, like a, uh, um, uh, 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 a lookout for a gambling joint or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. Because uh, if you look, at, and all you have to do is just go online, you can find this picture. It's very easy to yes, find. That's right. You know, the guy the guy got, does kind of have like this, you know, like mafioso type of, of look <laughs> about him. But, I mean, you know, black hat, black jacket, pants. I mean, you know, it's a quintessential man in black. Yeah. And, or it could have been Bruno watching out for the Gambino crime family, uh, you know, at, at an operation or something. But if he was had anything, if he was following Jim or, or Tim around, you know, who knows? He just never know. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, uh, uh, the, the, the investigator that, uh, uh, had initiated this earlier report had even said that he had seen people that looked, uh, one person looked like John Keel, and oh, he wow. thought John Keel was coming to visit him, but this guy instead was just like walking back and forth in front of his apartment and then disappeared. And uh, several other people that he said that these things uh, uh, looked at. So, I mean, you know, this uh, that's, that's a perfect example of, uh, of what we're talking about in the book. You know, we have things that uh, um, can... You know, I don't know if if they would be like could be like shapeshifters and can look like whomever they want to mm -hmm. or whatever they want to, or or what the deal is. And 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 you know, part of the main question of this book is this: why the why the human shape? All right. Now, I I suppose that that sounds like a silly question. Because why not? I mean, you know, what else would there be? I mean, you know, we're humans. They, of course, they're going to look like human. Why? <laughs> you know, why do they look like look like human? Uh, the uh, the the gray that you just you know popped up you know briefly uh -huh. on the screen there. You know, I mean, that's supposedly an extraterrestrial creature from another planet, from another solar system. Yet it's humanoid in appearance. Head, two eyes, two arms, two legs. Why? You know, if, if this was something that evolved on another planet in another solar system, what are the chances that it, it would evolve right. to look that much like us? All right. Mm -hmm. which, which makes me think that these cases were dealing with something or some things that are probably native at least to this planet or near. To this reality, or this May, galaxy? Or, yeah. See again, I don't know. You know, unless we're related. You know, if well, if you're going to go and pull in the whole extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? Which you know, we wanted in the book. I mean, you know, you can't avoid that for a book like this. But I wanted to present all kinds of different things. You know, to make people think that there is more to this than just um, humanoid spacemen. From, from other planets, again, you know, uh, if, if that's the case, why do they look so much like us unless they're related to us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, I had a question here because we talked about John Keel early in the show. And mm -hmm. I was reading in this week in Haunted Planet, John Keel denotes that the phenomenon of this mimics increases on a cycle every 9.6 years. Have you heard of that? Or do you remember him speaking to this timeline of the frequency of, of the, of, of mimic sightings? And it may have been came from a source through uh, for, uh, Charles Fort and his work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, ha I have. And, uh, and of course, when Kuehl wrote this, this would have been back in the early, probably the late sixties, maybe yeah. early seventies. Yeah. Uh, and and you know just didn't have the the benefit of of, of computers that we do now, uh, but yeah, I, I I have heard that, and you know the phenomena does seem to 
work on cycles for yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, you know, you the, the UFO phenomena. I mean, you'll have uh, a, a period of time where nobody will see anything at all, and then all of a sudden they're back, you know, full force. And there's been attempts uh, uh, throughout the years to try to you know correlate sightings and 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 come up with a you know with cycles and uh, i'm i'm really hoping that people are trying to do that now since we do have a lot better uh, uh computers and now even ai intelligence that may be able to uh, uh find a better you know uh, uh, a closer approximation of these types of cycles uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, approximately every 10 years, you will see an uptick of various kinds of, of phenomena. It's almost, mm -hmm. I suppose, like um, the 15-year uh, cicadas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, uh, these these things may actually have like a gestation period of 10 years <laughs> that, you know, that, and then, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come up, wander around a, a while, you know, uh, a breed and, uh, and and then die. And then their offspring will show up again you know, <laughs> uh, later. Uh, well, we'll stay right there. We're going to take a, another uh, quick commercial break, a three minute break real quick here, Tim. And then we'll come back. And, and you know, John Keel wrote Mothman Prophecies. Uh, right? I mean, that was one of John's yes. famous books, uh, Mothman, and, and, and that falls into this mimics category. I also want to ask you a couple other things um, uh, that are coming up, uh, other paranormal UFO weird stuff that you've written about, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fun with you in this next segment. It's Paranoid America, my guest, Tim R. Schwartz, the new book, Mimics, The Others Among Us. We'll be right back. Paranoid America. Disaster can strike at any time. Be ready before it hits the fan. You are not a caveman. So don't use caveman technology. Our revolutionary meals heat themselves. Just pour the salt water solution on the heating pad. Place the meal face down on the heating tray. Slide it back in the box and wait five minutes. You'll have a hot, nutritious meal that is tough enough for any disaster. Whether it's power outages, winter storms, or the end of the world, you'll be good to go. So what are you waiting for? Get your gear today. Disaster food supplies. Survive. Satisfy. I can't believe this is happening. I never thought I'd be in this situation. I mean, who would have thought that I would need alien abduction insurance? But I guess it's better to be safe than sorry. And sure enough, it happened. I was abducted by aliens. Um, hi. Can I help you guys with anything? Financial compensation? For what? Wow, I never expected this. I mean, I never even thought aliens were real. And thanks to my alien abduction insurance, I'm covered. I never thought I'd be saying this, but thank you, aliens. Good evening. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Mike. Are you tired of the lies, conspiracies, and propaganda the deep state uses to program you? Does the thought of empirical corporate globalism make you paranoid? Then Paranoid America is your source for alternative news. Listen to Paranoid America weekly on the GCN Radio Network or wherever podcasts are available. Your filter for mainstream fake news and disinformation. Featuring world news, the paranormal, cover-ups, UFOs, Cosmic Disclosure, Secret Space Programs, and the parapolitical soup of today's global theater. 
If you aren't paranoid, you aren't listening. The Paranoid America Radio Show. Now, live from an underground bunker fortified with cheese whiz and crackers. The man dressed in black fatigues, wearing a tin hat made of aluminum foil. Your host, Mr. Paranoid, Russell Dowden. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. Paranoid America. I'm Russell Dowden, your host. I used to publish the old Paranoid America, Paranoid Magazine, actually, and and then uh, did Weird Magazine for many years, and and then I was uh, brought in to do the Infowars Magazine for, for um, the Infowars crew some years back. But my my shows have always been Weird Radio or uh, the Weird Show, but the new incarnation of this. This new show is, is Paranoid America, and so you can find us online at ParanoidAmerica.com is our website. And uh, we're also on you know Facebook, Paranoid America. You can check us out on Instagram. We have a lot of clips from this show that actually run on the Instagram account, so we kind of will tag our guests, and uh, you can follow us on there um, at Paranoid America. Here's the website. We've started to uh, – the shows are always available here. We're going to start adding news um, my guest, Tim Swartz, here on Paranoid America. This is episode 10 of the new program, and uh, we are talking mimics, the others among us, with our guest, Tim Swartz. Uh, you've written anything from Nazis, off-world, colonization, uh, invisibility, levitation, space-time, UFOs. I've got level plagues in the New World Order uh, to mysteries of Nikola Tesla. As your shirt even is, is got, see you got your Tesla shirt there. You've even written about Admiral Byrd's alleged trip to the inner Earth and Antarctica. Um, I mean, I could go on here, Tim, but uh, what did you learn about writing about that Admiral Byrd in, in the, his journal? I, I find that a very interesting story. I thought I'd ask you about that. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, yeah it is an interesting story. And, and you know, Tim Beckley uh, 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 published with his Global Communications uh, 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 the book called—that uh, was called uh, was the— Missing Diary of Admiral Byrd, I think is what it was called. Yes, I don't have that one, but I wish I did. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, that actually started out as what was called a Samadat, which was a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox <laughs> that was circulated among uh, uh, people for years and years before uh, Beckley got a hold of it and, uh, and, and, and actually published it. And in that... It tells the story that Admiral Byrd, uh, uh, on uh, one of his flights in the uh, like 1947, over uh, the Arctic region with his uh, uh, co-pilot and navigator, uh, they were um, uh, uh, ran into not not physically, but ran into I guess a couple of of, of like flying discs that mm -hmm. had the uh, uh, Nazi emblems on them. And uh, the these craft uh, actually came over their radio and uh, said, you know, f follow us if you know what's good for you. And they were taken allegedly to like an underground city where uh, they were uh, taken off the plane and escorted to uh, talk to, I guess, like the... Uh, uh, the, the the council of the the hollow earth and we're basically told kind of like the same uh, uh, stories that you hear from the 1950s uh, contactees uh, that uh, uh, 
they're tired of us experimenting with atomic weapons and that if we continue uh, doing so, they're going to come to the surface and kick our ass. Uh, and then they let Bird and, and, and his pilot uh, uh, go. Well, the, the book that I wrote on the subject during my investigations, I, I discovered that uh, that actually at the time that Bird allegedly was flying over the North Pole area, he was actually involved in a government military project called Operation Hijack. Yep, mm-hmm. which was uh, which took place on the opposite side of the planet in Antarctica uh, in in 1947. And uh, this was something that it was really fascinating because, you know, it was right after the end of World War II. A lot of the Navy ships were being uh, decommissioned. But uh, somebody Mm -hmm. said, hey, let's get all of these uh, ships, a submarine, an aircraft carrier, a bunch of of sailors, and uh, sail to Antarctica for some reason. And there's been various explanations on why they did this. None of them really are very satisfying. Right. So, you know, we're, we're left with that question on, you know, just exactly uh, uh, what they were up to there. I mean, it's from what we know, I mean, there was like a film crew embedded in here. There was uh, reporters, uh, you know, embedded with this. There doesn't seem to be a big mystery, but what was actually going on still tends to be um, uh, nobody really knows. You know, afterwards, uh, a bird told a reporter for a South American newspaper that um, he was going back to the United States. And and by the way, they, they were supposed to stay there uh, over three months, and they barely lasted a month before they came back. Uh, uh, right. And that's part of this. Uh, that's part of the conspiracy of the... That whole high jump thing is this conspiracy that they went down to find the Nazis after World War II and the technology and all of this. That's what I hear when I hear that story of high jump and bird. That's the the tales are from what I hear from. And that could be propaganda. I don't know. But allegedly bird went back to South America and reporters and gave a chilling tale of Brazilian or Peruvian newspaper that interviewed them first and. There were some cryptic words he said, but he never spoke again in front of the media again after that. Well, he said that, uh, and 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 he claimed that uh, you know he's going back to the United States to uh, uh, give a full account in in front of a uh, Congress or at least uh, you know a secret session of Congress. That uh, it was uh, his fear that the uh, United States was going to be attacked by, as he put it, enemy missiles coming over the poles. Well, Tim. Then not long after that testimony was given, whether privately or publicly, probably, like you said, privately, but if that was in 47, by 1952, we had the summer flyover of Washington. Exactly. exactly. So, well, and, don't, and don't forget, then a few months later, after Byrd came back, you had the whole Roswell incident. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. Roswell predates... The fifty-two flyover, and right. I always thought if I took if I gave any credence to this theory of the Nazis working with reptilians in Antarctica, <laughs> and if I gave credence to this, then and and we were defeated by as Admiral Byrd's account says, or we rumors said we were we we came back with you know after a, a, a defeat down there as we've been led to believe. Then, um, then it it would it does beg the question. I'm at least I'm asking the question is, you know, if we got our butts kicked in Antarctica and then a few years later, when when did Project Paperclip come in after Bird, but before the flyover? Because I think if you put some of that timeline together, it's very weird. Yeah, it's around around the same time. Actually, yeah, a lot of that's around the same time. I think I think maybe Paperclip happened and around the time of Roswell. Um, but yeah, probably, uh, yeah, maybe you know, yeah. I mean, it's pretty close, pretty close together. I mean, I think by that point, uh, Werner von Braun may have already been in the United States by 1947, mm-hmm. but there were still others uh, 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 being brought in. Well, so, I so yeah, <laughs> I speculated with Richard Serrett, who was on my show a few months ago. I said, it wouldn't it be. Uh, interesting if if we were told by or defeated by the Nazis in the Antarctic <laughs> that that 
you better stay away from here or we'll mess you guys up. And they do a flyover over over DC, but they tell the they tell the US to bring all their other Nazi buddies back from Europe. <laughs> and they go back, they bring them over under paperclip. And then if and if we test them anymore, they'll fly over Washington D.C. more. So you know, it just makes me wonder. I like to theorize what how fascinating to me to, to think of how some of that could have folded out. It all, on the other hand, Tim could be complete bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, we do know that the Nazis did have yeah. a base in Antarctica. Now, whether or not it was as elaborate as some of these stories have it, you know, with the Nazi flying discs and and things like that, mm-hmm. that's you know that, that that's open for debate. But, but you know, I mean, the whole idea of uh, the Nazis at least being able to come up with uh, some kind of uh, a rudimentary form of a flying disc. I mean, that was always one of Tim Beckley's uh, uh, favorite <laughs> theories to float around. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and I want to ask, and you know, I got maybe 10 minutes or 12 minutes or so with you here. We'll, we'll wrap things up shortly, but I wanted to get your thoughts though on the congressional testimony that's been recently given by Graves, uh, the fighter pilot, retired Air Force Major David Grush, uh, and then Navy Commander David Fravor. This was big news for ufology fans uh, like the both of us. Uh, I, I think. I think uh, this was very interesting to see congressional hearings on this uh, in in the 21st century. What uh, what do you make of of this? Are we are we just getting you know the proverbial uh, sock in the mouth once again? Or are we are we going to get any tid, tidbits of of real real you know disclosure with this? Well, you know, I mean, I I would love. I would love to see something happen with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I do think that David uh, is um, is earnest mm-hmm. in what he is saying, but I mean, he admits himself that I mean, he hasn't seen anything. Yeah, secondhand. He, yeah, this this was all stories that we were hearing uh, that, that that he was hearing, and we've heard. The same kind of stories time after time, you know, throughout uh, uh, UFO history. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, it's it's nice that he is somebody who really does seem to have um, a respectable career in the military. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any reason why he would be lying about this. Unless it's part of a disinformation campaign, I'm not going to, you know, uh, say that that's not possible because we've seen that uh, happen before. Um, you know, you get somebody, especially right now with all of this ramped up interest in the phenomena uh, and uh, the military, the government's being kind of put on the spot to reveal more. So you get somebody to come in with these, you know, fantastic claims, then... Maybe, you know, in a month or so down the line, everyone says, oh, well, you know, he's he was he was crazy or, you know, he's making it up to uh, to make money on the uh, uh, on a, 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 a lecture circuit. And then everybody was like, oh, well, then all of it is bunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, then all of it must be. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Because, you know, once. One kind of explanation comes out. There are a lot of people who just want to go and then lump everything in with that, you know. So I mean that that could be a possible uh, a, a scenario. Uh, but like I've uh, I've told other people, until somebody actually is able to come up with that crashed saucer <laughs> or the alien uh, uh, alleged alien bodies, you know, like here they are right here, you know, everybody come and see it's all just hearsay. And there's, you know, it's, it's, we're still at square one. Yeah. It, I wonder if we're going to get anything up with it. That It seems like we have had a, a, a bit of a quickening of this in the last few years. This is, they're trying to get something out. I don't know if there's a, a, a genie, out of the bottle, if you will, but they're just trying to get something going. It seems like with that, I don't know if we'll ever get uh, anywhere with it. But it's 2023. Humanity can handle this, can't they, Tim? Can we handle the idea if there were, if we have an announcement of ETs, uh, should should we, should society be able to handle that? 
Oh, I think so. Uh, I think most people now, you know, I mean, uh, those of our generation yeah. have been brought up. I mean, gosh, I mean, you know, we had Saturday morning cartoons, <laughs> well, you know, I, that featured aliens and stuff. Well, like we grew that. up on Star Trek, you yeah. know, and yeah. and I think you know when you now you have a generation of you know I'm I'm in my fifty early fifties and 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 I'm just saying my kids' generation, my generation, your generation, we've all been. Kind of, you know, we grew up watching all of these great movies. Was it? Is it? Is it a propaganda campaign? Jim, the late Jim Mars was very close to us here in Texas, and Jim used to always tell me about the metered release of information, and he often spoke about how uh, this was a long-term plan to condition us to be ready for a contact. You know, it 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 could be, but I mean, you know, even before. <laughs> say, like the modern UFO era, which started in, in 1947, you know, with Ken, Kenneth Arnold's science uh, uh, sightings, we had science fiction uh, uh, magazines that uh, that had alien creatures and flying disc-like uh, 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 things on the covers uh, all the way back to the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I really don't know if, 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 if it is a conditioning or just really this kind of like this, this, this natural evolution, evolution. Mm-hmm. that as we, you know, as we progress and become more uh, uh, technologically aware of things and, and a better understanding of the universe and stuff that, uh, you know, it's, it's just a natural process. Yeah. And I think, and I, I had here, you know, are we experiencing more strangeness with more frequency as, as we get more into the future, I just wonder about that. Has every generation felt this in their own respective time? Well, I mean, you know, the 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 world of the weird has been with us right from the very, right from the very beginning. I mean, yeah. you know, when when we first crawled out of the caves and threw rocks at the moon, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, I think now because information can be so instantaneous from to any place across the globe, we're becoming, I think, more and more aware that there's a lot more to our reality than what we can see and touch. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. The book mimics the others among us. Uh, You can get it here on paperback here from Amazon. It's very affordable. In fact, you can get a lot of books from Tim Schwartz on Amazon. And I probably, I swear, I've got maybe 15. Fire off any last comments here uh, on your book and Mimics uh, uh, for the audience here, Tim. Oh, sure. Well, uh, like I said, you can get Mimics on uh, uh, Amazon.com. It is a, uh, a print and an ebook. We've got another one called uh, Alien Artifacts that we put out uh, uh, just before uh, uh, Mimics, which is uh, you know also a, just just an awesome book. I had uh, uh, sent uh, <laughs> I sent Russell both uh, both copies of Mimics and uh, Alien Artifacts, but unfortunately they got uh, intercepted by an unfriendly neighbor. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get the copy of the other one that you were working on, but I did get the Mimics here here uh, recently uh, the other day, not to, about a week ago. Hey, you know what? In another book that you mailed me a few years ago. And it was right after maybe Tim passed, but it was called The Bizarre Bazaar. And that one was about the exploits of Timothy Greenbeckley. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. I started Uh, on that one. This was one that. Go ahead. Yeah. uh, Tim was actually in the process of putting that together when he passed away. So we finished it up and, uh, and, and, and put it out for him. Well, for listeners, there's a. Paranoid America channel on YouTube, and then there's a Weird Magazine channel on YouTube. On my Weird Magazine channel, there's an interview with the late Timothy Greenbeckley and I here in this building, a different studio than this studio, but in the same building. And I I, uh, I had a lot of fun talking with him and, and hearing stories from him. And uh, that's available on, on uh, YouTube under the Weird Magazine YouTube channel. So I thought I'd, I'd share that. But uh, Tim Schwartz, uh, thank you so much. The new book mimics the others among us. Please go out and check this book out. I'm still reading it as I've only had it for about a week uh, since my... Um, the Men in Black took my first version that he mailed me some couple of weeks ago. But great show this week. I appreciate you being on, and uh, and I wish you the best. Stay, don't be a stranger, Tim, at all. You can always slide in the inbox and say hi anytime. All right, Russell. Thank you for having me on today. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much. There he goes. Tim Schwartz, the new book, Mimics, The Others Among Us. 
Uh, you got to check this out. They've been called many names throughout time. Gods, angels, demons, the good folk, shapeshifters, extraterrestrials. They look human. They act human, but they're not human. And they are the others. And I no doubt would, uh, would imagine my, my previous guest a few weeks ago, Heidi Hollis, would probably love to check this out. As she coined the phrase, you know, with the shadow people. Uh, she's followed that phenomena crazy herself, but she would love mimics the others among us. Let me see who do I got coming up on the next couple shows. I've got after Tim, who? Oh, Jack Blood, but I still haven't confirmed Jack, so I don't know. But we we did uh, get a confirm confirmation the other day from somebody very interesting. Um, anyway, great show this week, guys. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. It's the Paranoid America podcast. So uh, keep your eyes to the skies. Let me Paranoid America. Among the stars, let me see what spring is like on. Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, 